Good morning, good morning, you guys. I hope you are doing amazing today. I hope everything is going well for you and for your family, and um, God is uh, working in your life, and uh, good things are happening. Happy New Year. It's 2023, still in January. Uh, next week, we'll be out of January, and we'll uh, move on. The new year will have taken root, and uh, no turning back on that, so we will go forward. I, we are more excited here at Burlington Christian Church. We've got a new worship guy uh, coming in. He's starting today. Uh, his name is Ben Thompson, and uh, Ben uh, is a really good guy, and we're looking forward to uh, worshiping together with him and um, being led in worship by him. So uh, we're really excited about that. We are talking about uh, dreaming big. That's what we're doing. We're dreaming big, and uh, this is going to be the last one on this series. Next month, we're gonna we're gonna move into uh, a different series next week. Um, but uh, but I just want to share this last thought with you about dreaming big, because God is uh, doing big things. I believe that God wants to do great things, like great things in anyone who. Is like, God, use me for something amazing. I think God is looking for people who will say that to him and then be willing to do whatever it is he asks you to do. And uh, so I want to share one more message about this idea of dreaming big. What we have seen this far is uh, a few things. First of all, we've seen the what. The what of dreaming big, at least biblical dreaming. And the what is simply this. Your young men, Joel said it in Joel, the prophet, and Peter said it in the sermon on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And so we know in the last days, in these times, God is doing anything that God wants and God can do whatever it is he wants. We have seen the what. We've also seen the who. He uh, spoke dreams to Pharaoh. He spoke dreams to Joseph. He spoke dreams to believers and non-believers alike. In fact, twice as many non-believers in the Bible had dreams from God than did believers or followers of God. That is incredible. You think about that. And then we also talked about the where. Last week, we talked about the where. Where are you going to find your dream? Where are you going to find God's dream for you in your life? Where are you going to find that? You're going to find that in the midst of doing little things well, of being faithful to God in the little things of life. Just be faithful. Keep pressing on. Keep looking for that opportunity. And God will go looking for a faithful servant in the little things. And he will give you something huge to do. He will. That's where you will find it. Never forget, anytime, anyone, anywhere. God can use anybody, anytime, anywhere to carry out his dream in this world. For his kingdom. And so we, we, we sit postured ready for that. We want God to do that. Today, what the word of God is, is kind of going to show us today is that, is that dreams from God, you know, a dream that, that is truly from God is going to have at least these two characteristics that I'm going to share with you today, possibly some others, but at least these two from our passage of scripture that we're going to look at today. And these two characteristics, they're going to have uh, key characteristics, these two key characteristics are these. I'm going to tell you them right up front, and then we're going to kind of dig into this, and we're going to, we're going to end on these two thoughts. 
dreams from God, the two characteristics that they will have is this. Number one, your dream will go way beyond what's normal. If it's from God, it will blow normal away. Secondly, if your dream is from God, it will be in line with the word of God that we already know. It will fall under this huge umbrella of, of what we know about God and what his word says. Those are the two things, the two key characteristics of your dream or the dream that God is going to have for you. Whatever it is for you, whatever purpose God has for you, it's going to be big. It's going to be beyond what you could do on your own. And secondly, it is going to line up with Scripture. It's not going to be something out there that is not lined up with Scripture. God's not going to have you do something against Scripture. So those are the two things. In the Bible... In the scriptures, as we dig into the word of God, dreams come to all kinds of people in all kinds of situations and at all kinds of times. God seems to do things however he wants them to be. There, there isn't always uh, like a systematic flow of when God chooses to give somebody a dream other than the fulfilling of prophecy uh, that we see from the Old Testament to the New Testament and the birth of Jesus specifically. Other times it's just random, it's, it's at critical times in history when God seems to work in amazing ways. Dreams from God just come at whenever God decides he wants to share a dream about whatever it is he's going to do next. The first dream in the Bible, you think about the, the whole Bible on a whole. The first dream, well, it comes in Genesis 20, but, but back in Genesis 15, Abraham, when God calls Abraham to leave his land, Abraham, the Bible says, has a vision. The first dream in the Bible is in Genesis 20. It still involves Abraham, but it, it also involves a, a man by the name of King Abimelech. He was a Philistine king from Gerar, and he is uh, this king, and he has a dream. Remember, Abraham leaves his land, and he's... He's married to Sarah. Sarah is his wife. And they come to the land where King Abimelech is. And they lie to the king. They say that they're brother and sister. Abraham says, she's my sister. Sarah says, he's my brother. And so Abimelech sees how good looking Sarah is. And he takes Sarah to be his BFF. Like he wants her to be his girlfriend, right? He wants her to himself. And so what happens is in uh, chapter 20, verse 3, God comes to Abimelech. This is the first dream in the Bible. And he comes to Abimelech, this, this non-believing king, in a dream. And he says to him, you are as good as a dead man because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. <clears throat> and so... The dream there, and there's a whole story around that, the dream there basically is a dream of warning to this non-believing king about this woman that he has taken to be his own. She's a married woman. <clears throat> the last dream in the Bible, if you think about the first dream in the Bible and now the last dream in the Bible, well, uh, John in Revelations has this incredible vision uh, about, you know, the end of times and, and, and what God is doing on the earth. But just before uh, John, uh, the revelator, has that incredible uh, vision, which is the last book of the New Testament, um, 
The last vision or dream of the Gospels was to uh, a woman, uh, Pilate's wife. Remember, Jesus is on trial, and uh, Pilate's trying to decide what he's going to do with Jesus. And uh, God speaks to Pilate's wife in a dream. And she is, like, she is... Uh, greatly suffering in this dream. And she wakes up and she says to her husband, Pilate, she says, look, I had this incredible dream. I've suffered greatly through it. It's a, it's a dream of warning. Have nothing to do with this Jesus. That's the dream that God gives to Pilate's wife at the end of the Gospels, the end of the life of Jesus, the last dream in the, in the, in the Gospels. Remember, Pilate washes his hands of Jesus he says, I want nothing to do with him, and but he releases uh, Barabbas to the crowd to go free, and he turns Jesus over to uh, the religious leaders to be crucified. And so it's, it's the last dream in the Gospels, and it's another dream of warning. Seems to be a lot of dreams that people have of warning of a coming disaster or doom or something that sh they shouldn't be doing. That's interesting. In the book of Acts, we see some visions. Peter in Acts 10 and Cornelius have a vision. Uh, in Acts 16 and 18, Paul has a number of, uh, of visions from God. And then there are some others in the, in the early church that we read about. And so from Genesis all the way to the end of the Gospels and then into the early church, there are dozens of recorded dreams and visions and angelic visits from supernatural God. But there is no other time in history than at the birth of Jesus when our God seemed to be at work in like monumental ways, like huge, big, big ways, like never before and like will never be. One of the greatest events in history is the birth of Jesus. Obviously, the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus is by far the greatest event in history. But, but without the birth of Jesus, there's no death, burial, and resurrection. So this is the, the, the one of the two greatest events in history where God's supernatural power is like seemed to be on full display on the earth. Not only are there like dozens and dozens of Old Testament prophecies, and we talked a little bit about those when we were talking about the birth of Jesus and Christmas time, that Christmas story. Um, but there were lots and lots, over 300 prophecies about Jesus, but dozens of them about the birth of Christ from the Old Testament pointing to the, the coming Messiah. But even at the time of Jesus, surrounding the very days of his birth, when Jesus finally was born onto the earth in the New Testament, it's surrounded, it is surrounded with like angels appearing and dreams occurring and like this unusual star in the sky and the Holy Spirit like is poured out, but he, he impregnates a virgin. And then God sends one of his top dog angels to share the good news with the world. Every one of these 
like incredible events that God does supernaturally on the earth with somebody would be a headline in any newspaper in the world. To Zechariah, the angel Gabriel appears. Gabriel is a, a very high up, um, important angel to God. And, and, and uh, he appears to Zechariah, who is the father of John the Baptist, right before the birth of Jesus. And he leaves Zechariah speechless. The angel Gabriel also appears to Mary. And he's the one who tells her that she's going to have a baby. And uh, Gabriel also appeared. There's three appearances of Gabriel in the Bible. The third one is back in the book of Daniel. Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, appears to Daniel hundreds of years before he appears to Zechariah and to uh, Mary. Now, Gabriel is definitely a, a powerful and majestic angel. Uh, we don't have a full description of him. There are probably pictures out there of what he might have looked like with wording that has kind of described some of what he might have looked like. He's probably not an archangel like Michael is. Michael is an archangel of God's. But, but Gabriel is special and he's angelic and he is visibly, like visually powerful to the sight. In all three appearances of Gabriel, Daniel, Zechariah, and Mary, Daniel falls face to the ground before Gabriel. Zechariah, the Bible says, is gripped with fear at the sight of Gabriel, and Mary is terrified when Gabriel appeared to her. All three times Gabriel said to them, do not fear, it's going to be okay. And so in these dreams where the angel Gabriel appears to these three human beings on the planet, it's powerful, it's majestic, and it's mighty. Around the birth of Christ, a, a host of angels appears, remember, to the shepherds out there, uh, they're tending their sheep, and this, this big body of angels just comes down and speaks to them. The Magi were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. Remember that dream. Joseph has three dreams. One about the birth of Jesus and that it's the Holy Spirit that impregnated his fiance. And then two dreams later on to go to Egypt and one dream to come back out of Egypt. So when we say dream big and we talk about dreams, like on a whole in the Bible, you can pretty much expect just about anything. I mean, God will do anything, anywhere, anytime, however God wants to do it. There, there's no like real rhyme or reason. God just does what God wants to do when he wants to do it. God's done it before and God can do it again. And so we live with this expectation that God is able to do anything and that there is nothing impossible for him. Not that we're seeking for God to do some crazy, wild dream in our head, because we have dreams all the time, and it's really easy for us like to make it up. Be faithful. As we're living faithful, faithfully for God, if, if God chooses to give you the dream, he will give you a dream. We do not have to go seeking the dream. We are just aware that God speaks to his people in dreams.
Now, Joseph, in our story, Joseph, after Joseph considered this, the Bible says, after Joseph, Matthew 1, or Matthew 1, if you want to go there, after Joseph considered this, that's the beginning of our passage that we're going to look at. After Matthew 1, verse 20, after Joseph considered this, it, it kind of implies, you know, at this situation that's going on with Joseph and Mary and God and the dreams and the angels and the impregnation, Joseph is struggling with this. It, it, it implies that he's perplexed on what to do about this information. He, he's rattled. He doesn't know what he should do. He's stewing about it. He's meditating on it. He is trying to figure out what he should do. It says, but after Joseph had considered this. Now, this is this information. Mary turns up pregnant. Joseph is pledged to be married to Mary, and now she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit, right? And uh, this is a really hard pill for Joseph to swallow, as it would be anyone. Mary becomes pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and uh, which kind of tells us the way that Joseph is reacting to this, that Joseph isn't like, like expecting God to do something crazy in his life. He's just faithfully living his life for the Lord. He's not seeking some far out dream from God. He's just pledged to be married to his fiance, Mary, and they're just living godly lives. And, and what happens is God finds Joseph just being faithful. And so Joseph's not looking for it because his reaction to her impregnation is like, well, what's going on here? What's going on? He's, he's, in, he's in disbelief as to what is happening. And so what the Bible says is that Joseph, he, he didn't want to expose Mary to public disgrace. Like, shame on you, Mary. You got pregnant outside of marriage. He, he didn't want to do that. And so he was making plans to like, just like quietly end it. So let's check out our passage here. Check out our passage. Matthew 1, verse 20. <clears throat> but after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, in a dream, and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Oh, there's not a lot of verses there, but this, this event, this one event is miraculous. This is, this is miraculous. This is the supernatural movement of God. This is the only explanation for what is going on here. And by the way, it's so, so good. Like what is going on here, what God is doing on the earth and, and God's decision to use Mary and Joseph and all the supernatural power that is, that is on display in this event is straight from 
heaven. It is straight from the throne of God. It is the God of all creation. Like in, in many ways and in unusual ways and in incredible ways, it's God interacting with people. It's God interacting with you and me, with human beings like us. <clears throat> but it's also here in this passage that we discover these two key characteristics of our big dream. Two things that are musts when it comes to your dream and my dream. We must keep these two things in mind. The first thing is this. Dreams from God, these key characteristics, the first one is this, that your dream, key characteristic of your dream, is that it will go way beyond what is the norm. It will blow the norm out of the water. It will not be usual. It will not be typical. It will be just so crazy out there from God. I mean, just think about people that maybe you know that are doing incredible things for God. And you look at them and you're like, how in the world did this even come about? Like there's ministries that are out there that are, you're like, how in the world did this even happen? Like, how are, are you doing this? Like, what even gave you the idea to go and do that? Like, they're just so out there. They're so incredible and they're, they're so unusual that they have to be from God because they're not something we would go do. Like that's where you, your dream is gonna be formed. It's gonna be informed in something maybe that you're not even good at. You've never done it in your life, but God is like, you're the right person for this job, even though you don't know anything about it. Look, if it's from God, if the dream is from God, it will be beyond you. It will be bigger than you. It will be ridiculous, and your friends will tell you so. They will tell you just how ridiculous your idea to go serve God in that place or in that place or over there or over there, how ridiculous it is. You will find yourself scratching your head and saying to yourself, what is going on? Where is this coming from? It will be so big that you will have to like take time to just digest it for a while and chew on it for a little while. You will experience as you think about this dream from God, this crazy big out there dream from God, you will experience every emotion under the sun in relationship to the dream. Fear, excitement, doubt, unbelief, joy, confusion, disarray, and you will even experience the feeling of, of like a little kid like at play. Like you'll feel like, whoa, God is, God is wanting to use me in this, this really incredible way to do something really insane, really amazing, like that's not been done by anyone else. And you will feel like alive. And here's the thing. If this happens, if this happens and you feel all these emotions, then you will know that the dream that you have is probably not from you. It, it, it just may be from God. It just might be from God. And I don't mean like to scare us, 
Like, I'm not trying to scare us, but look, if the dream that you're having from God doesn't scare you to death, then I don't think it's big enough. I don't think the dream is good enough. And I don't think the dream is probably even from God. It's, if it's too small and you can do it on your, on your own, then it isn't from God. It has got to blow you away. It's got to be so far beyond you that there's no way in the world that you could pull this off. It should scare the living crud out of you. God's dream for you and God's dream for his church should be so big that we can't do it without him. That it is way beyond us. It is so big and so out there that there's no way in the world we're going to pull it off without the Lord. That's how big our dream should be. One of the keys that it is from God is that it will be way, way, way beyond you and me. See, Joseph's fiance turns up pregnant. She, she turns up pregnant. And how is this even possible? Like, these are two young, godly people. And, and, and she says to Joseph, like the Holy Spirit did it. And Joseph is like, yes, dear. Okay, honey. Sure, sure. Whatever you say, baby. And then he starts like making plans to quietly cut it off with her. I just think about that for a second. This is the love of his life. This is his woman. Do, do you see or get a sense of just how godly this Joseph man is, how, how awesome of a guy he is to God and to her. His love for God, he had to put before his love for his woman. Like his little sweetie, his doll, his babe, his, his honey boo. Like his love for God had to come first and he was ready to like cut it off with her. That's devotion to God. That's 100% commitment to God in display by a human being like you and me. The, the scripture then says, in a way it says this, and then God. And then God. Think about that. This is what's going on with Joseph. He's ready to like cut it off with her. He's kind of made this decision in his own heart that God is first and you, we, we have to separate. And then God. Think about this. Don't miss this. In Joseph's faithfulness to God in this small thing, to put God ahead of his wife, his woman, his babe, his girlfriend, God says, okay, Joseph, you have passed the test. God says you passed the test. You have put God first. He is clearly number one in your life. And then God confirms in a dream to Joseph what's next. Before he can quietly cut it off with Mary, God confirms to Joseph that everything's cool and, and God gives Joseph what to do next. 
That is incredible. This is huge. This is so big. Look at the verse. But after he had considered this, Joseph's considering to cut it off with his wife. An angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you, will, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. God is like, hey, Joe, Joe, hey, Joe, Joe, it's cool. Everything's okay, Joe. The baby that's in Mary is God. It's God's baby. The Holy Spirit impregnated your fiance. It's, it's going to be okay, Joe. I know it's crazy and it's out there and it's wild and it's like nothing you've ever dreamed or imagined could ever happen, ever. But Joe, the baby is God's. And here's the thing, Joe, you are to name the baby Jesus. Because the child in your fiance, Mary, that you're going to take as your wife, is the savior of the world. He is going to save his people from their sins. And, and Joe, one other thing, Joe. You and Mary are going to be responsible now for raising the son of God. Joe, raise him well. Raise him well, Joe. Joe, no pressure. Just raise the Son of God well. Talk about dream big. Joseph didn't go looking for this dream. He didn't go looking for the dream. The dream, the dream went looking for Joseph. God found faithful Joseph doing Joseph's thing for God, living his life simply for the Lord. It does not get any bigger than this dream. Like, there's, there's nothing out there that God has ever done or will ever do that is, like, bigger than this dream. This is not, like, go build a wall. This is not, like, lead my people to the promised land. This is not go feed my sheep. This is not tell King Nebuchadnezzar that we're not going to worship him. This is not burped up on dry ground. This is so beyond anything that Joseph could have dreamed, imagined, made up, invented, or concocted. This is huge. This is incredibly big. And God found a man and a woman, and he gave to them the gift of this humongous dream. A church, like we're the church, right? We're, we're followers of the king. That's what we are. You and I, we are followers of the creator of the universe. We, we are living our lives as disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who can do anything, walk on water, perform miracles, raise the dead, heal the blind and the sick. We are followers of him. Here's the thing. If, if it's from God, if the dream that God gives you is from him, then it will blow you away. It will just be beyond anything that you could ever come up with on your own. And it will blow you away in a very, very, very good way. Secondly, secondly is this. 
Dreams from God have this second characteristic. And there are other characteristics that, that, uh, that the dreams have, but this is the second one that we see in this passage. It will be in line with biblical truth. So it will blow you away. It'll be bigger than you, number one. And number two, it will fall in line with what we already know about the scripture. God is not a liar. He's not going to say one thing and do another. He's not going to tell this person to do this and this person to do something completely opposite. God does not operate that way. He is just and he is always true to his word. He will not contradict himself. If there seems to be a contradiction, a question, or confusion, it is our problem. We messed it up. It is human error. God does not make mistakes. He is God. Isaiah the prophet wrote and he said, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. It is immovable. It is true and right always. God is not a man that he should make any mistake. See, your big dream, the big dream that God is going to give you because we're sitting on the edge of our seat being faithful to God in everything and God's looking for someone like us to use in a big way God's dream for you will line up perfectly with everything else that he has already spoken in his word it will not contradict the word of God look what it says all this took place verse 22 all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you see that? All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Do you see that? What Joseph dreamed, what Mary and Joseph experienced, what they were told about what would happen and what they should do, like the details of their dream and their direction and their actions came directly from what the prophets had already spoken. That's where it came from. All of this took place to fulfill what the prophets, what the Lord had said through the prophet. The prophet had already spoken. See, we don't get to make up our dream. We don't get to just like wildly go out there and just do our own thing. Our dream will come from the throne of God because it is his dream for us. And remember, you will not find your dream. Your dream will find you. God will find you with the dream. You will find it and you will find it in the midst of being faithful in those little bitty things of life. That's where God will do something bigger. You will be and your dream will be one piece of the puzzle that will fit perfectly within with all the rest. Your little part, your little dream, your purpose is going to fit in perfectly like a piece of the puzzle with everything that is already there. Your place, your purpose, your role in God's 
kingdom. Look, God is consistent. He is carefully, he is cautiously consistent always, always. In Numbers 23, the scripture says this, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? And the answer is no. And in Hebrews 13, the scripture says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is consistent. Here is a true, true statement. Here's a true statement. God will not give you a dream that does not line up with what we already know to be true and right about him, his character, and his word. He will not give you a dream that contradicts God and, and what he's already been doing and what he is doing in the world. See, God's dream for you will be fully supported, backed, qualified, specialized, fortified, and completely verified by his word. There is no doubt about that. You and I can be sure of these two things, that God's dream for you will, one, go beyond anything that you could dream or think of. It will go beyond the norm in every way. And number two, it will line up with the word of God. It will fall in line with what we already know to be true about God. There will be no contradiction there. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray about it before, during, and after. We're going to saturate the whole thing with prayer. And we're going to let God use us however God wants. We're going to look it up in the scriptures to make sure that what we're going to do and what our dream is from God, what we believe it to be, lines up with the word of God. And we're going to talk to other believers and find out and confirm the biblical consistency of the dream that we feel God has given us. And then... We're going to go and put some feet on that dream. We're going to go and put some legs to it, some hands to it. And we're going to go out and do it. We're going to make something happen. We're going to figure out. And with the Lord, we're going to make it happen. Go. Go and dream really big. Dream big. And do something outlandish. Do something incredibly crazy for God. Go and dream big. God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. And go figure out what it is God wants to do through you. Have a good one.